Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Okay, before we get into this episode of Friday. I want to remind you that my 2019 mastermind is filling up quickly in terms of the applications rolling in. Now, I've not started my pre-qualification phone calls yet, but remember, this is on a first-come, first-served basis for at least getting your applications in line. I go through them all. I look for the best fit, and then I set up a phone call to see if it's a great fit between you, me, and our existing group. So, if you are at all interested, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind. So the mastermind is the fastest way I know of to 10x your business, up-level your tribe, and get a clear path to grow your business and your relationship to the next level. It's like a significant shortcut for you. So Look at it this way. What if by this time next year, your profits 10X and you spent less time working and had more time with your family and your friends doing the things that light you up? And what if you did it with the highest level entrepreneurs on the planet? And what if you learned all of this while you were experiencing some of the most amazing adventures places, and cities in the world. Stop the what ifs and choose, make a decision to make this happen. So go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and fill out the application. In the mastermind, I'll put you into a group of high level achievers where everyone is at your level or higher, and you'll be in three different masterminds throughout the year going to three different locations and being a part of what I call an experiential learning environment. I learn best by doing cool things with cool people and not in the back of a Holiday Inn conference room. So I redesigned the entire mastermind concept and made it fully immersive experiences. I made the long conference room tables disappear, you know, the one with the mints and the water, it's all gone. So who's it for? Any upper six-figure earner that is at $300,000 or above, or those that have just barely squeaked over their first million and are looking to learn how to get past the multiple seven-figure range year after year. So even if you're just curious, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and click apply. Do not let this negative self-chatter get in the way. We all have it, by the way. Power through it. Power through it. You can do it. All right, let's get on with the episode. Well, Kimberly Murgatroyd, how the heck are you? I am just ducky. You know what? What? I'm fasting until noon these days. You are? And you know what I want I right notice. now? I tell you what I want. 
I want the freaking gingerbread cookie that you have, <laughs> and I have to pass the gingerbread house on the <laughs> way like to the, the gingerbread is, cookie. <laughs> the whole house is made of gingerbread right now, yeah. as it should be at Christmas. Note to all the listeners, don't begin a new fasting until noon protocol whilst during the... Uh, do you have to say whilst and during, or is it just whilst if you're British? I think um, just whilst. Just whilst the Christmas season is upon or us. Or begin it. That way you don't indulge all over it. But I will tell you, I just got a new tea from Trader Joe's that I'm kind of obsessed with, and I got you some too. And we'll talk about why we're switching to herbal tea in a sec. But I uh, I got a ginger turmeric tea that is freaking amazing. And I got you some sort of red tea that well, I think- thank God, because I hate ginger. I think you're going to really like it. I do. I hate ginger. I, and, and I feel terrible about that because people what who are- What did ginger into, ever do to you? She's just a redhead. I, the, the irony is my first dog was named Ginger and I really did love the dog. But I, but I digress. What are we talking about today, honey, honey, honey cupcakes? So today is kind of like a follow-up, if you will, on our previous Whoop uh, podcast And it's really about what we've learned about stress and sleep and how they have changed for us. And it's so crucial to health and weight loss and just life. All right. So for for those of you that don't know what Whoop is, and yes, there was a song in the 90s called Whoop, Whoop, There It Is. There it is. But that is not what we're talking about today. We're doing sort of a part two, a do. Can we say duh? Is that how you say it? I always (laughs) feel like duh. We're doing a part duh. Uh, on Whoop. So uh, to catch you up, you can go back and just search the archives and look for Whoop if you want to hear more about the basics of Whoop. But basically, for the sake of this conversation, Whoop is a wearable that will give you, oh, I'll call it biometric mm-hmm. data is what I would guess, but it's it's done in a very particular way, which we're going to get into that nobody else seems to be doing right now. So, um, so all right, I'll let you take it from here. How do you want to begin this conversation? So with the Whoop, here's, here's a little bit more background on it. Basically, the Whoop tracks different things. It tracks your strain, so how much you strain during the day, including like daily activities as well as workouts. From like a scale of zero to 20. Yeah, and then it also tracks your recovery. So how recovered are you to handle strain? So if you're not- And that's done from a scale of zero to 100%. Yeah. And then it also tracks your sleep and how many hours you're getting, but it also tracks the quality of your sleep. So what is really interesting to me is Rob and I used to always joke about how he would be asleep before his head even hit the pillow. And I was so jealous of this. But then uh, we put the little whoop on him and we realized that even though he falls asleep quickly, he's not necessarily getting much deep sleep. And so if you follow him on IG, he has been probably excessively complaining about his lack of deep sleep and what to do. And we have had so many different things in our house from CBD oil to, you know, some things we're going to talk about today, but some crazy stuff going on to try to adjust and give him and me more deep sleep because the deep sleep is where your hormones are regulated. It helps improve any weight loss. And that's where everything, that's where the good stuff is, is in that deep sleep. So the term that you're using, it's, a, it's a, I mean, the, um, the area that you're talking about, we, we learned a new term and that term is called latency. So from the time, and I really don't, 
don't know You're how this she is like negative too. <laughs> how this freaking thing knows it. It has a uh, well, actually, I do. It has um, an accelerometer. So imagine that you're wearing this little Who wearable. Are you? I know. Wait, well, did, I only, did you do research? I, I did. I did. So, so check this out. So you go to sleep at night and when you, this is how it knows it's called latency, which is how long it takes you from the time that you lay your head on the pillow to the time that you actually go to sleep. I was like, how the hell does it know? And it predicts it with such freaking accuracy. Rob's is zero. Cause like yeah, I said, it's, it's always less. It's like, you know, a minute, maybe two minutes tops, but it's usually really, really um, really, really low. But basically what it does is it measures, it knows when you fall asleep because when you fall asleep, your temperature drops and then it can figure out and say, okay, if your temperature dropped at, the, let's say you went to bed at 10 o'clock. If your temperature dropped at 10, 15 PM, then it goes back and it says, okay, if your temperature dropped to 10, 15, we, and is, you know, obviously with the other things too, your pulse rate dropped and all those other things that happen when you begin to fall asleep. Then it goes back and looks and says, when was the last time this thing didn't move? And so it calculates how long it takes you from the point where it knows that you were sleeping to the point that you weren't moving anymore. And that is latency. So like you said, I'm the kind of person that basically puts my head on the pillow and I pass out. And I was like, I'm going to win. I'm a competitive mother. So I'm like, I'm going to win this game, right? I'm going to win the whoop game. I go to sleep and I, you know, she's up and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we wake up the first morning and I look at the deep sleep and- And I crushed you. And so just, just so that you understand, there are multiple stages of sleep, right? So you've got the first stage, which is like, you know, light sleep. The second stage is- uh, you start going into REM, which is like the first two stages of REM. And then you go into um, a deeper sleep and then you go into, well, I, I guess that's the last well, one, it's right? awake, light, REM, and deep. There you go. Okay, so the last one is deep. And I think deep uh, quantifies for stages three and four of REM. And they call it SWS, which stands for slow wave sleep. And that is the point at which you are unconscious, where if somebody were to wake you up, you wouldn't know, you you couldn't say your name. You know what it's like when you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, I don't know where the hell I am. Okay. So that's a little bit of the high ground stuff. So what we were tracking and what also gets tracked on this whoop is your heart rate variability, which we talked about. It's the beats between your, um, or it's the time between the beats, right? Yeah. Let me give you one other thing that, that, um, that I dug into with this. A high level understanding is that it is HRV is the space in between the beats, like you just said. But really what so it is- So you want it to be high because you don't want your heart to go beep, 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 beep. You want it to be like beep. Yes. And I'm going to give you one more thing to throw into this that you and I have not talked about. And that is that the space between the beats is the HRV, but it's the variation- Yeah. Of the space, because of the space between the beats, because we're not robotic. We're not meant to have X number of milliseconds in between each beat. We're meant for that to vary between the beats, and it captures how much that variation is between the beats within that space. Yeah, but you want the point is you want a high heart rate variability. That means that you're healthy and you're strong. Now there are different things that do affect it, like hit workouts affect heart rate variability from what I've read and some different things, but you really want a high heart rate variability and a low resting heart rate. So we have been tracking this shizzle for like two and a half months on the whoop. And we have multiple things we're going to talk about today because your heart rate variability 
plays a really big role in your recovery and how recovered you are, as does your sleep. And so we've been able to see patterns. And at first, when we got all this data, you know, we were like, what the heck is all of this? And then as we've worked through it and as we've tested different things, we have made been able to distinguish different things that really impact heart rate variability, including stress and recovery, which impacts your recovery and it impacts your sleep. And we've got a bunch of things we want to share today that are related, things that we have found that increase our recovery, that decrease our resting heart rate, that increase our heart rate variability, which is what we want. And at the end of the day, we get more better quality deep sleep. So, okay, let me give, let me just add one more thing before we go into this, which is on HRV. So there was a a YouTube video I watched yesterday with an Olympic athlete and he's now in charge of biz dev um, over at Whoop. Can you explain what biz dev is for business the people? Development. Business there, development. There so he's in, he's in charge of business development over at uh, Whoop headquarters in Boston. And uh, the guy who created this is a Harvard guy. And so I, you know, for most of you who listen to the show, know that I have a hard on for anybody who's graduated Harvard because my inadequacies. I feel like I should have <laughs> gone to Harvard and I never went to Harvard. So if anybody went to Harvard and does sells hot dogs, I'm like it's the best hot dog ever in the world because he went to Harvard. So it's a Harvard dog. It's a Harvard dog. Oh, that's very good. So basically what he said was he said, look, they put this thing on me. He was a swimmer. He's won like three Olympic uh, gold medals in swimming. They put this thing on him and they said, okay, look, you're doing really, really well. Your resting heart rate is fantastic. Let's measure HRV. And initially when they gave him the HRV to measure, you had to measure it before they put the wearable on him. You have to measure it early in the morning. And it's a very complicated way to get an actual measurement of HRV. Well, Whoop actually does it where you don't have to do anything. You just wear it and it tells it, it, it tell it gives you the measurement and it gets that measurement. Just so you know, it gets that measurement in the very last stage of sleep. So that, what, that cycle that we described where you go from awake to light to deep, et cetera, you go through that cycle multiple times throughout the evening. So it might be, sometimes I go through eight cycles of that where you like going up and down the stairs, right? So imagine like staircase from awake to to deep. Um, So you go through those cycles. Well, what this does is it measures, it captures the HRV during the last cycle of the last stage of deep sleep. So it'll just take that five minutes because it knows it's gonna be the most accurate because you're like unconscious, you're at the end of the night. Um, If you've had any alcohol, if you've had any food, everything has been metabolized. So it's gonna get a very, very accurate measurement of the HRV. So now he puts this thing on and he starts looking at it and he realizes that his HRV is not doing very well, right? It's very, very low. And so he's like, okay, I'm an Olympic athlete. I'm a type A personality. Like I wanna dominate this shit. How do I improve this thing? And they're like, "Uh, well, one of the ways, you know, we're gonna talk about different ways to do it in a second, but one of the ways to do it is with mindfulness. And he's like, what the hell's mindfulness? And they're like, meditation, how often do you meditate? And he's like, I don't meditate. And so, you know, long story short, he had to, he had to, throw the pendulum from being the dominant athlete who was all about winning and getting gold medals to being equally as intense in the psychological mindfulness part in order to slow his heart rate down. All right. So let's talk. I know like we're chomping at the bit to talk about some of the ways that we have found 
that we get better deep sleep and how that's impacted us. So I have to say, I feel so good with, I mean, what we're going to tell you that we've actually gone through, we're probably going to sound like some crazy people, but we're like little lab rats and we love to test things out. And when they work, we love to share them. So Rob, the first one, no caffeine after noon. What did you learn about caffeine and when, how long does it affect you for? Okay. So um, an average cup of coffee has 200 milligrams uh, and check everything I say, because my numbers are never right with anything. Okay. So just, you're just going to have to check it. So, I have slightly I, I may, retired from being autocorrect. Right. I may, I may sound very, very sure of myself, but always check everything I say if it comes to a number. Okay. <laughs> so coffee has roughly 200 milligrams. I just added roughly to make, make myself sound intelligent, roughly 200 milligrams of uh, caffeine in it. So if you have have a cup of coffee, check this shit out. If you have a cup of coffee after 12 noon, that will stay in your system and affect your deep sleep by 25%. You will get 25% less deep sleep. Now, how do we know those numbers are accurate? Because the core, you get, you have to, you're just going to have to trust me and, and then double trust, but like Reagan trust said. Trust but verify. Yeah, yeah, 25%. So they call it the quarter, you know, a lot of times people talk about the half-life of something. This is the quarter life of something, which is basically the half of the half. So the quarter life of one cup of two of 200 milligrams of caffeine afternoon will affect by 25% your deep sleep. Now, the interview that I listened to said, you know, hey, look, I've got, and, and if you want to hear this, it's uh, with a guy named Matthew Walker on um, a friend of ours, Jordan Harbinger. He's got a podcast, I think called the Jordan Harbinger Show. And Matthew Walker, who's a sleep expert, just did an interview with him and that's where I heard it. So if you want to double check me, that's the fastest way to go. But basically what he said is, you know, Jordan Harbinger says, well, Okay, well, I, you know, I go out to dinner with my Italian friends, and they're like, you know, give me a couple, a couple of espressos before uh, before I go to bed. And I'm like, doesn't that affect your sleep? And he's like, nah, I sleep like a baby. Yes, you can knock out, but if you were to measure those Italian dopios, you know, who are taking the uh, the caffeine at night, their deep sleep is radically affected. So. I had to figure out because what I do is in the afternoons, I go to a coffee shop. I do like a three or four hour block of time where I'm working on different projects that I'm working on. And so, you know, you're in a coffee shop. You, you don't want to feel like a schmuck sitting there and like not having a cup of coffee and have the guy come and over and go, can you, like, I already got yelled at in the store because I brought my food, right? The and guy, if you want to know what a schmuck is, listen yeah. to the Moti interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's actually, the schmuck actually has a, it's actually a physical thing. I'll let you listen to that interview. Um, but I sit there in the coffee shop and, you know, what do you do? You order a cup of coffee. So I'm like trying to be clean. And so I'll have a cup of coffee with, you know, I'll put no milk in it. I'll put no sugar in it. And I'll just sit there and I'll sip on it. I'll probably have two, you know, mugs of coffee over a four hour period. Well, that's 400 milligrams plus anything that I take like a pre-workout or anything that I take in the morning. Or like a favorite a regular, energy shot. Uh, right, or a cup of coffee. Now I'm up to like 600, probably between 600 and 1,000 freaking milligrams. I'm like, you know, RoboCop walking around all day and long. And this explains so much of my life right here. So, but in fairness- Like I'm how much now, have you had this morning? I'm down to a half a cup of coffee. Well, okay. Plus an energy shot, plus, plus an, a pre-workout. Plus an energy shot, plus a pre-workout. Yeah, you're right. So I probably have 600 milligrams in me. Right, and which is the reason why I'm talking like this. 
Um, <laughs> okay, I'll take a break. Go ahead, you go. All right. So basically, the the no caffeine after noon. He has. I don't drink coffee, so it doesn't really apply to me. I oh, you one, know what I had yesterday? Oh my good, not. I said what I had yesterday. You the shit well, me. I didn't tell you this. I had a. Uh, if you follow me on the IG, you would have seen it. I do a. Uh, well, I did a Moroccan mint. Herbal tea. Herbal tea. Because I asked a guy, what doesn't have caffeine? And he gave me a list of everything. And uh, it was delicious. I enjoyed I enjoyed myself. It so was this nice. is how you're modifying. So for me, I have one energy shot in the morning. It's equivalent to a cup of coffee. Again, I don't drink coffee. So that's why I do it. Uh, but that's all I have. So skip the caffeine after noon and see how that improves your deep sleep. And by the way... Anybody uh, that has the WHOOP or is planning to get the WHOOP, we are going to create a work hard, play hard group within the WHOOP. How do you like that? That was good. That everybody can connect to and we can see each other's data. And like Rob said, he's super competitive. I'm going to tell you something. I'm being. I'm going to be You're an affiliate. I'm going to be an affiliate for this thing. I'm not an affiliate for anything, but I'm going to be an, an affiliate for this thing. Okay. So that's the first thing. Second thing is no big meal within four hours of sleep because you want to digest that. So can you, Rob, you were telling me yesterday about the, I'm going to go with SEALs. Yeah, so in uh, and not, not the in, kind, but not the in, military. No, no, not in. Uh, no, that was really good. <laughs> that was like your dolphin sound. No, it was your seal sound. Um, dolphin is. Oh my god, he has had good. a lot of caffeine. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good dolphin shit. sound. So the guy that I was telling you about earlier in a different interview, which was the Olympic guy who's now in charge of business development over at Whoop. He said, you know, uh, they moved him over to military. So he does, because Whoop now has contracts. They're the only person that is in um, the NFL, the major, MLB, is that what it is? LMNOP. Oh my God. Um, Baseball, football, let's just go with the sport. Yeah. Um, and, And also the military. So they're working particularly with special forces. And he said, you know, a lot of these special forces guys, they're up, guys, they're up really, really late at night. And so they'll go out for a burger or a steak and a couple glasses of wine at the end of the night, and then they'll pass out. And what's happening is the deep sleep is affected. I The deep sleep is affected, which affects your HRV, or your HRV is affected, which affects your, your deep sleep um, at such a high level. So you can't, you, you can, but it's going to affect you. You shouldn't eat within four hours of going to sleep and having the alcohol. So what happens is your body, okay, so I'll, I'll do this really, really fast. So in the sympathetic nervous system, they, they refer to this as being sympathetic dominant. So if you're sympathetic dominant, you're the type A personality that goes to the gym and you work your ass off and you're in fight or flight, your heart's beating like crazy. But the opposite is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. So when you throw those those the, that part of the nervous system off with food that has to be digested all night long while you're sleeping. When you throw a steak or a burger on your belly while you're sleeping, that rest and digest gets radically affected. And then if you dump on top of that three glasses of wine or two martinis or whatever it is, you may knock out because you're 
you're just freaking exhausted because your body has to go through digestion and it wants to break up the alcohol and you're like, oh, I slept like a baby. No, you didn't. You just passed out. But once that food, number one, your energy went to digestion, which is the number one ex- expenditure of energy next to sex, if anybody needs to know. <laughs> and number two is you had to metabolize that alcohol. Once you metabolize that alcohol, it then turns into ethanol. And when it turns into ethanol, then your liver takes over and then your liver's got to process that which is where the hangover comes in and the dehydration comes in. Oh my God. God, you are on it today. So at the end of all of that, the point is don't have a huge meal within four hours of sleep. And then you also hit our number three, which is limit alcohol to one to two glasses. So here's what we noticed when we did this. We are known to be wine drinkers, but we also love some tequila. We love a margarita and... We have gone out with this whoop, had a couple of margaritas, maybe three too many, and we'll wake up in the morning. Recovery has crashed. HRV has crashed. The whoop is basically screaming at us from the app and we just messed everything up. And when you're tracking something, you know what they say, right? When you're when you're tracking things, they grow. What is measured improves. Thank you. What is measured improves. So I can't logically look at my whoop and say, oh, well, if I drink, you know, two glasses of wine every night or have three margaritas or whatever it is that I'm gonna do, I can't consciously look at that and go, well, screw it. Like, screw the whoop, <laughs> screw my data, screw my health. Like, you have to, this brings it to an, from an unconscious, probably more like, let's have fun and live a life to a very conscious, I'm trying to really improve my health state. And so you make different decisions. And so we have we have tested this ourselves. We went out with a bunch of friends, had way too much to drink, didn't come home like completely, you know, shit-faced, but definitely had more than we should have and everything crashed. And it was crazy to see the actual data based on our behavior. You know, our personality lends itself to being the type that falls into this new term that I'm loving called called sympathetic dominant, right? Our personality is the kind of personality that's like, okay, we want to do a fitness competition. We're all in on a fitness competition. We want to, you know, grow a business. We're all in on the business. That's our personality. We don't, so when we get data to your to your point, when we get this data and we look at it and we see that we were doing really well, right? We want to have like this HRV that's a really high number. And we went, we started with like, you know, a 40 millisecond HRV number and we got all the way up to 95. And we're like, look at this, this is great. And we're doing really well. We're starting to feel well. We're starting to do good. And then Friday night rolls around and it's margarita time and we go out, we hit some Mezcal, which is our favorite. And then, you know, one leads into two, leads into three. And the next morning, the HRV goes from 95 to 20. And we're like, holy shit. And so you feel like such a failure because you recognize that your behavior has consequences that are measurable. Now, here's the thing. It can take three days to recover from that HRV crash. And so now you're like, okay, is the margarita worth the three-day hangover, quote unquote, that I have to go through to recover my HRV and get it back where I want it to be. And you know, one more side is what we just talked about with not having a big meal. We also were people that went out to dinner all the time. I mean, like- if you saw what we spent in a month on restaurants, you'd be you'd be crazy. You'd yeah, think I'm, we cra- were I'm crazy when I look so at it. When 
when we go out and we have this really big meal, which is always accompanied with some version of alcohol, and then we come home and we go to bed and we crash, the HRV and all this stuff crashes. Well, what does it do? Like he said, it started to modify our behavior. So what are we doing now? We're eating earlier at night. We're not going out to eat as much. What are we, What else is that creating? It's saving us money. What else is that creating? We're dropping weight. We're getting leaner. We're feeling better. Holy shit, this whoop's changing our life. Like it is... <laughs> that was good. So those are the lifestyle things that really um, can change everything. So no caffeine afternoon, no big meal within four hours or have a lighter dinner. Limit your alcohol to one to two glasses. We still have a glass of wine at night. It's not about that. It's more about the the in excess and you learn what that is for your body. For my body, two glasses is not my friend. One glass, I'm good. For Rob, he can do two and he's he's okay. So when you start seeing this data week over week, month over month, you are able to draw lines about your body, how it functions and what you need. Okay, so now to the sleep portion of this. Rob has been on a freaking tear on how to get more deep sleep. He would literally wake up and go, I have one minute of deep sleep. I have two minutes of deep sleep. High five. I got six minutes of deep up. Oh, nope. Shit. Step back down to one. Like every day he's like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. We did so much research. We had so many sleep products come in the mail, natural sleep enhancers. Everybody says it's the best. All of this stuff. We've returned a lot of it, you know, and different things. I mean, I remember one day I'm looking at my phone and all of a sudden I get this charge for a chili pad. Anything over $500 has to come to my phone so I can see it, by the way, because my husband likes to spend. So just so I can keep track of it, I get this thing. I'm like, what the hell is a chili pad? And so Rob's like, no, this is going to make all the difference in the world. So he has been on a tear and we're going to go over some of the things that have worked and realize there's a gazillion things that have not worked, but we're not going to really talk about those, but here are the ones that have. So the first thing is the warm bath or shower before bed, right? That's been working for you. I, you know, I'm, I'm lukewarm on that one. Um, I've done <laughs> it. It's, it's really funny. I, I'm lukewarm on that. The, the jury is still out on whether or not... It, so here's what it does do. It relaxes me. If I get in there at the end of the day and it's really hot, it is the beginning of an unwinding process to separate me from it's it's like this line that I draw from the day into winding down like you're rinsed off your day yeah because we you have to remember what the goal is it's not like the you know water does anything magical to your body it's what is the goal of the of the shower and the goal of the shower is to get you into a relaxing space and calm that freaking adrenaline that the day created for you where your heart is beating, you know, a million miles an hour and you're not getting that good spacing and your muscles between are the heart beats. And it's, so it's a relaxing method. So I, I would say- it, I, Well, you also I'm do marginal, it- right, I'm yeah, marginal, I'm marginal. You also do it right before you watch TV, which goes the other way. So if you actually did it, here, here's what I want to test you tonight. Yeah. Literally right before you go to bed, take a hot shower- I'm and not going to do that. And then put your jammies on I'm and not go gonna, to bed. I'm not going to do that. So, so here's well, the that thing. Would, that Certain, would be the you're probably right. You're probably right. There's two things that I'm not willing to do. I'm not willing to not watch television before I go to bed. I don't. We don't have a television in our bedroom. 
And we try, after we watch Ray Donovan kill everybody, uh, we try and um, neutralize the murders with watching something really airy-fairy like, you know, real estate in, in the south of France at night. That's just sort of like- it's like a palate cleanser. It's like a palate cleanser. But I'm not willing to, I'm not- I'm not willing to give up my glass or two, three, three uh, <laughs> glasses of wine at night. I, no, we're, I'm really down to two now. I'm not willing to give that up at night and I'm not willing to give up Netflix. Now, I also know that those two things are, are affecting this, but from a lifestyle standpoint, I'm not willing to give it up. So to your point, I believe that you're right. If I put the bath in at that time, I think it would make a difference, but I'm not willing to do it. All right, so there's that. Now, the next one is... We started playing around with my essential oils. So the company that I work with has nutrition products. We also have essential oils and they're absolutely incredible. They're all um, 100% pure and third-party tested oils. And so what I love about my company is they made oils easy. I don't know about you, but anytime I've ever looked into doing oils, it has looked like an apothecary. And I was going to be like blending and mixing and all of this millions of oils. And it just, I couldn't wrap my head around that. But our company made oils so easy. So what I do with Rob is we either put airway, if he's like having a cold or something like that, I'll put a few drops of airway on the base of his neck so he can smell it and then on his wrist. And if I don't do that, then I use lavender. But I don't diffuse, just FYI, people will say, can you, you know, you could just diffuse it in your room and you totally could. But I'm a super natural, geeky person and my integrative health pediatrician told me do not do anything with lavender in young children because it can have some detrimental effects on their hormones. So I believe her and I don't diffuse it. That's why I don't diffuse it. But we put it under his chin and on his wrist and about 60 minutes before he goes to bed, he breathes it in and that has been a complete game changer for your sleep, right? Yeah, that one has really helped me out a lot. Um, last night, I did not... So I'm learning this. And, and by the way, this is all really new to us. So I'm learning what's working, what isn't working. But more than that, I'm learning what's working at what times. And I'm learning that times really make a difference. So what I was doing was what you said, which is an hour before I go to bed, I've been putting on lavender or airway, depending uh, whether or not I need to you know, have a cold. But last night I did it the opposite. And I did well, you it- you forgot about it. I forgot about it and I did it right before I went to sleep. And my deep sleep was not great last night. So tonight I'm gonna go back to doing it the way it was. And what I also did was I inverted the belly buster. Yeah, so um, the other thing that we do often, but now more often because it's really helped our deep sleep is we have this uh, combination of products in my company called the Bedtime Belly Buster. Now, what this does is it's high quality, undenatured whey protein that you have 30 to 60 minutes before bed. What that does is a few things. It's called the Belly Buster because it helps reduce bloat. It helps to prevent your muscles from cannibalizing uh, overnight and increases, helps that repair process that your body's going through if you're training or anything like that. But because it has the amino acid tryptophan in it, it also helps to improve your sleep. That's that whole like turkey tired. Tryptophan is just an amino acid and it's found in protein. So the belly buster actually helps to improve the quality of your sleep 
And it's something that we've now added every single night to our routine. And we used to just do it for like big meals when we were bloated. We'd have a belly buster at night and it helped to reduce that bloat and that water weight that you, you know, kind of hold on to when you have a big meal. But now we're doing it every single night because it's truly improving the quality of our sleep. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing is, I got this one from uh, Ben Greenfield. Uh, there was a guy, his name is Doc Parsley. I think his last name is actually Parsley, and he's an MD who is, who was a Navy SEAL and then became a Navy SEAL doc. And I won't go into too much detail now, but basically Navy SEALs train during the day. And so they're covered up all day long. In in his case, it was in San Diego. So even though it was like out in the sunshine, they were covered up all day. So they weren't getting vitamin D3. So we started adding vitamin D3 because they were complaining when they when they were measuring their deep sleep, that they were just not getting the deep sleep. So it, it was all the obvious things that we just talked about, which was alcohol. He had to you know, mitigate all of those things. But on top of that, he's like, okay, let me give him D3. So it helped him marginally, but not enough. And then so he added in some tryptophan. The tryptophan helped him like another 50%. And then he put in melatonin. And he put in like I don't know. It's like ten milligrams of melatonin. It was it was really it was really really high. And then he found that by putting that level of melatonin in, there was a boomerang effect that was happening. Where and it's a whole story about why that's happening. So he had to titrate it down to a very very small amount of melatonin to trigger the things he needed to trigger. And what I like about this is it's a tea that you take at night. What I like about this is that. Because it's a very, very small dose of melatonin, when light hits you in the morning, you're telling your body to wake up. And so that melatonin, there's no grogginess that you get because your body then says, oh, okay, it's 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 natural, right? Melatonin is what your body naturally produces. So when you get the light, your body naturally knows, oh, okay, I don't need to continue this melatonin production, et cetera. So this thing, um, Sleepy Tea, I strongly recommend if you're having difficulty, you can Google it. The reviews are really good. And it's Doc Parsley's Sleep Remedy. There is something else called Sleepy oh, Tea. Oh yeah, That's I call it Sleepy totally, Tea. Yeah, yeah no, don't listen to me. It's Doc Parsley's Sleep Remedy. Sorry. Um, and a side note about melatonin, as you age, your melatonin production decreases naturally. So it's not uncommon for people, you know, of Rob's age. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the other um, problem. You're to right. To decrease melatonin. So because no. you explained it to me, because when you when you get older, most men, not me, but most men, their testosterone starts to drop, right? Am I right there? It's testosterone drops and then there's cortisol that's yeah, affected. Yeah, there's all so, kinds of things that so are- much, So much, so much. Just, just know that as you age, your melatonin does begin to drop. So- Adding a tiny bit in does not hurt uh, your production of melatonin. It just supplements it. Uh, so that's that. So now on to the chili pad. The chili pad is a thing that um, I got the notification on my phone when Rob bought. And, you know, I, I'd love to say that this thing is the most easy, simple, um, you know, it, it doesn't take up a lot of space, but it's this pad that goes under your bed and um, or under your sheet the there's a left side and the right side so we can control our own and it has this giant thing though that sits next to the bed that fills with water it pumps water through the bed and you can put what degree setting you want on so if rob wants to freeze his ass off literally at 55 degrees 
inside the bed, he can do that. And if I want 70 degrees, I can do that. But it really helps your body to not get hot at night, which decreases your deep sleep, correct? Yeah, one of the things that comes up a lot is you get into bed and you know that cold feeling that you get when you pull the sheets over your head. It's like, oh, this feels so good. Well, it's in about an hour, you, you're taking- seconds, you, it's you, gone. 0.2 seconds, you take your leg and you stick it out of the sheets because it's so Who hot. Who sleeps like that? Be honest. Uh, one leg out, one leg in. You do. Yeah. But the the the, the point of the, uh, the temperature is you want to keep yourself cool all night because what wakes you is when you start to get hot. And so you could take your comforter off and you could take your sheet off, but we like the comfort of the comforter. So that's why people- so it's like this double-edged sword, right? You want to feel the comforter, so you put the comforter on, but but then you get hot and then you take one leg out and then you wake up. So the chili pad said, okay, we're going to fix this thing. The problem is that they give you like this thing that that looks like a, an amplifier of <laughs> Led Zeppelin on stage in 1973. Um, that's to the, you know, like a small version of that that sits next to the bed. Uh, two of them. <laughs> and two of them. So I, I feel like their technology needs to just improve, but- at I mean, the, it's got to hold water to pump through the thing. Uh, so but at the, end like- of the, at the end of the day, the upside is, and it's not cheap. Like, you know, if you're going to Google it, I'll tell you in advance, it's 1100 bucks to do it. They give you the money back guarantee, which is why I did it. Because if it didn't work, I just sent it back. But I'm not sending it back because I enjoy it. And, you know, we're going, we're leaving for four months to go travel Europe. I'm kind of pissed about not, not your having chili my chili pad with me. That's a whole, we should do a show on what Rob's afraid of. <laughs> when uh, we go to Europe. Yeah. Like my haircut. And yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that's We're not going to do it now. You don't want to do it now? No. So, okay. So the chili pad, I have to say, I do really like the chili pad because it does keep you nice and comfortable at night. And our little one sneaks into the bed now and loves to sleep in the bed because it has a chili pad in it. Because she, this child, talk about someone that doesn't sleep with blankets or comforters. She has never been- Does, the she, does she notice that it's colder? Oh yeah. She asked me, she said, I want that cold thing in your bed, in my bed. She wants a chili pad. Um, so it definitely works. And then the last thing that we really have noticed a big change in, you know, Rob, every morning in his effort to get more deep sleep, he, instead of waking up at 5 a.m. to do his journaling and reading and meditating um, before the little one wakes up, he said, you know what, I'm going to sleep until seven because I don't have, you know, to go into the office or anything anymore. And I'm on my own time, which high five for freedom. But, you know, I need that deep, that deep sleep. I need more sleep. So he's been sleeping till seven. But at seven, what happens? The baby's up, this breakfast is starting, we're getting ready for school and all of that. So it's not exactly an awesome time for the journaling and meditation. So he had paused that for a minute. And what happened? His sleep was getting worse. His deep sleep wasn't improving. And so we recommended, we being me, I don't know why I said we, I said, you know, you're not journaling and you're not doing your meditation like you used to. And why don't you implement that and see how it works? And at the same time, um, this week, I'll just share this real quick. I don't really do much journaling and meditation unless I have to, um, and I'm, unless I'm really feeling like you know I, I need to get this out of me. I choose yoga to do my meditation. And I like the whole mind-body connection of yoga and what that does for me. So this week, we've been working on a really life-changing um, thing, that decision that could be happening. And it's been incredibly stressful. And I mean, this is something that's like one of those before and after. There was before this choice and after this choice. This is a big deal. So 
Consequently, my whoop all week has been low recovery, like really low recovery. And I usually don't have a low recovery all week long. So my whoop has been really low recovery. My sleep has been not as awesome. And I went to yoga on Sunday and I did my meditation in there and I cleared my brain and I came up with this massive amount, I came out with this massive amount of peace in the decision that we were making. And I came home and Rob and I talked about it and I said, I am so at peace now with the decision that we've made that I feel lighter. I feel like the stress is off me. The next day, 95% recovered on my whoop. So that is, I'm just sharing that story because that is the toll that stress and not doing something to alleviate that stress, that mindfulness, that mindset can have on your body. Like, look, if you live in a massively stressed life, which many people do, you're, you have relationship stress, money stress, business stress, friends stress, child stress, all of that stuff, holiday stress. If you're living in that reactive state day after day after day, and you're not sleeping well, you may not know you're not sleeping well, but with the whoop, you would know. And you're not having as much recovery. Eventually, you're going to break down. You're going to get sick. Your mood changes. Different parts of you begin to alter because of this stress. And it is very stressful on your body. Sleep is the most important factor in your health. The number one factor in weight loss, in health, everything. Cancer is affected by sleep. Everything is affected by sleep. So to me, this I'm really trying to drive home that whatever you're doing, if you find that you are not handling your mindset through journaling, meditation, yoga, some avenue that provides relief to you, then that's something you should be implementing. You know, as you're as you're describing this, there's a couple of things that that's that hits me. The first thing is that there's no way that, you know, any anybody who's listening right now could know where they are unless they track it. So you have to have some something. There's, you know, there's lots of different things. You don't have to use the whoop. I we just like it the best. I we did the research and that's the one that st- struck out because they 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 monitor um, areas that the other ones don't monitor. So the first thing is you, you ha- like you, we said earlier, where something's uh, something, w- when you measure something, it improves. So you have to know what the data is. That's the first thing. Second thing is you'll notice that Kim and I are attacking the parasympathetic side. You know, the, the, the other side, which is how much you're straining is easy. Just go to the gym and work out. The harder you work out, the higher your strain is. That's not that hard to know. But the recovery part is this HRV business that we've been talking about, which is the psychological side. So Kim is finding that she's able to, when she sees that she's off, she's able to improve it dramatically through the meditative process of yoga. For me, what I'm adding is I'm doing three pages of journaling, which is just kind of like free flow consciousness, getting everything out in the morning. But now I've added three pages at night. And I got to tell you, I feel better. So for me, because of the way my brain works, having the journaling in the morning and having the journaling, bookending journaling just seems to be working. So I think it's a question of you finding out what works for you. And the only way you're going to know it is to have the wearable and then to measure where your numbers are based on different things that you're doing. And we'll put links in the uh, show notes for all of these things that we talked about so you don't have to go hunt them down. And uh, that's Oh my God, I'm, exa- I'm exhausted. I that's it. Are. Everybody have a great day and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game 
or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 